Well, I got my Grammy picks wrong yet again. I really thought that uh, the best volume award would go to Court. The best length would go to Furlong. I had Minute winning best time. Celsius winning the big one, best weight or measure. And I uh, went on a limb, and I really thought the Lifetime Achievement Award was going to go to eyeballing it. Homers and hammers and homers and hammers and homers and hammers and homers and hammers. Well, if you were hoping for an exciting finish at the U.S. Curling Championships, you really didn't get one. You got one on the women's side. You had Erica Brown winning over Nina Roth, 8-6 to six in an extra end, which uh, got to an extra end because Nina Roth stole 2 in the 10th, and Erica had an open hit for an open draw for a point in somewhere in the 8-foot. Just went heavy, couldn't get it, so... Um, but you know the, the the drama really wasn't there since Team Brown had already secured their place in the World Championship. Uh, on the men's side, John Schuster had his uh, berth to the World Championship wrapped up, but uh, Brady Clark uh, just handed it to him in, in the playoffs. Just uh, lopsided victory in the in the one-two game, and then in the final, it really felt like it was over after three ends. Just Clark's team was just playing unreal. Um, special credit to Phil Tilker, the lead, who just had an unbelievable game. And the you know, Schuster just their their team was off. They just couldn't get it done. The the the, the fabled hair brooms that are supposed to make every shot, they didn't. They had they struggled with it, so they just kind of discarded it from their rotation, and and they ended up losing ten to four. So uh, the consolation for Clark winning the national championship is. Is twofold. One, they get to go to a Grand Slam event uh, up in Canada in, I think it's either next month or April. And secondly, you got to look at this team and say maybe they might get some national funding. And now that they're a two-time national champion team, I really got to think that they, they need to consider them as one of the best teams and, and give them some more money, see how much better they can be. And, and here's the thing. Schuster earned his trip to the world. He had an unbelievable season. He played really good except for basically two games against Brady Clark. And I think Clark would have been good at Worlds. Uh, he's, you know, they're, they're kind of equal on paper, but, you know, Schuster has the experience and it, it's a good representative. So um, there may be some controversy because, you know, it's not a democratic uh, berth, but he did have to finish top three. He finished second. And and that's just kind of how they've decided it. Now, if you're looking at a democratic way to pick a, a world uh, championship participant, you can look right up uh, north to Canada, and whoever wins the Briar, whoever wins the Scotties, outright goes there. And if you're looking at the Scotties field, which uh, that begins this weekend, uh, you could have uh, a team way down there, somewhere out of the top 25, that just might make it. But I'm really not seeing it. Now, we have um, Jennifer Jones, the Team Canada, won it last year. Uh, we were expecting you know, some, some competition at the top there, but really a lot of those top teams fell out. So we don't see Rachel Homan ranked number one. We don't see Val Sweeting ranked number three. Uh, we don't see Stephanie Lawton. We don't see Tracy Fleury. There's 
and a lot of names that are just not there. Um, really, the the if you have to pick someone, if it's not going to be Jennifer Jones, who's it going to be? And if you're just going by rankings, you'd have to say Chelsea Carey, who's ranked number four overall in Canada and number ten in the world. Uh, they're the team that beat Val Sweeting, and you know Chelsea Carey's been to a Scotty's final before, which she represented Manitoba. And yeah, so that's the one I'd pick. I mean, you can go down the line. Uh, Carrie Einerson out of Manitoba might be a contender. Uh, Krista McCarville out of Northern Ontario. Um, maybe, jeez, uh, beyond that you're reaching, you know. But let's pick someone down there. Let's pick someone like Suzanne Bird out of Prince Edward Island. They're ranked uh, 24th in Canada, uh, 49th on the world ranking. Perfectly good team. Let's just say they have the best week of their lives and they win the Scotties. You know, put them up against the the best teams in the world, and, you, and how are they going to do? Well, you say, well, they won the Scotties, so of course they have to be one of the contenders. So when you have a field as deep as Canada, you can say, well, one of those teams ought to have a good chance at meddling. And if you just turn that argument outside and say, well, what if we did that down here in the States? You know, Brady Clark had a great week, but we also know that sometimes he has these streaks where he struggles a lot. And I think that's kind of what they've, they're worrying about is they don't want a team to play really good for a week and then fall flat. And that's kind of what happened in the, in the years leading up to the decision uh, to implement the high performance program and the world birth based on the point system. Right or wrong, that was their logic. And we're just going to see how it plays out. The however Schuster does at Worlds is probably going to be, in some ways, a referendum on that decision. Fair or not, again, that's how it'll be. And another note before we move back to the Scotties is that the coverage uh, for the U.S. Nationals on TESN was good. Uh, not great. It's good. It, it's it's a great pro, uh, broadcast that's that's put on for curlers by curlers. I think the next step in this broadcast is uh, is to add some more uh, uh, polish, make it a little more professional, get some kind of broadcaster to really round it out, and I, I think you really have something there. But uh, it's it's always it's been a great vehicle to watch nationals, and I do it every year. Uh, so that's it, my unsolicited advice. Now moving on to the Scotties, where TSN. Not to be confused with TESN, but TSN is going to start showing the the regular round. Uh, they don't show the pre-qualifier, but that will start on Saturday. And for us down here in the States, that will also be available on ESPN3, thank goodness. And I will put a preview of the Scotties up uh, on, on our Twitter and we'll see how good I am, because you never know. I like making predictions right down to the wins, and sometimes I'm really good at it, sometimes I'm not. Which leads me into a perfect segue to baseball projections. And yesterday we had over at Baseball Prospectus, they released their Pakoda projections, which involved all sorts of stat predictions for all the teams, all the players, Win-loss records, stats, everything, and 
the the big one which everyone had to laugh is that once again the Kansas City Royals are expected to win 76 games which would put them last place in the central they like Tampa Bay to win 91 leading the AL East they like Cleveland overall to have the best record in the American League and then over on the National League they have the Dodgers at the top which again makes sense and the Mets, they like the Mets, they like the Cubs, uh, they, they, they don't like the Cardinals as much. So it, it's, it just kind of stays, they're very conservative and they don't like to have these, uh, when you have one year, two year highs, say, oh, all of a sudden now they're that good. They, baseball's got a long memory. And, and I get that because Pakoda has, man, they've, they've seen a lot of baseball. They, they know trends, they know that... Sometimes, more likely than not, a a peak does not last forever, and at some point you come back down. And you know, Pakoda does not have a, a, a short term memory, so I get that. And also, when you think about it, seventy six wins for the Royals sounds absolutely correct in any given year. The problem is, is that Pakoda projections do not factor in the use of psychotropic drugs. And that is basically what baseball is on right now. We are in this hallucinogenic phase in baseball right now where the Astros and the Royals and the Blue Jays are all really good and the Mets are good and the Cubs are good and the Pirates are good and the Rockies, well, the Rockies are still bad. The Rockies are, you know, can't take too many. You don't want to, you know take the earth, tilt it off the axis and all that. But we have a lot of teams that are usually not good that are dominating divisions. And I don't know what computer system you could construct that could account for all that and then also pass the Turing test. We are a long ways away from it. But until now, we use the best projection system that we have and and not to be a company man all that but Picota is a pretty good one and you can quibble with all the individual ones and I I get that you know when I'm looking at for example the Tigers I know that they're very very pessimistic on James McCann uh just they don't think he's a good hitter a good defender a good framer all that they don't like it and he's going to get a lot of playing time so they they say he's going to weigh him down but you know they really like whole lot of you know all those really high stat players they don't like the angels but of of course they like mike trout being a seven win player hitting you know ops in around a thousand i mean man to project that is when you're already conservative man that's but it's a good tool to use as a starting point in the season and say hey okay let's let's suppose the indians are the best team now i'll use my own human biases and say well maybe they won't win 92 but they'll be a contender because we how soon we forget that they were actually very good last year and had these these really close losses and they still have everyone there but anyways before i get too far into that we have six more weeks before the baseball season begins and so we'll just use the next six weeks and I will sort of preview, I'll go division by division on the next six podcasts, which tells you that I am hoping to do at least six more podcasts 
I don't know how much a season is, but we'll say that. Six more podcasts, assuming everything else in the universe uh, stays constant. We'll at least have that many, so we'll, we'll see you for the next one.